Blog Talk Radio. There's something outside. What is that? This is Gunnar Monson, one of your hosts of Monster X Radio and the founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company. Sasquatch Coffee, have you tried it yet? I'm hoping that uh, I'm coming through loud and clear because uh, we are one of the comments that we've gotten over the years and we've been doing Monster X for several years now is that the audio quality of our, the broadcasts have not always been uh, top notch. So we've invested in a couple of Yeti, aptly named Yeti Mikes, and uh, hopefully um, we'll get all the bugs worked out, but bear with us if uh, we run into any problems today. With me today is my good friend and fellow Bigfoot researcher, Mr. Shane Hardcore Corson. Shane, are you, are you there, buddy? I am here. Yo, how you doing? I'm doing good, good. So you recovered yet from the uh, the weekend? Um, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've gotten my rest. I've gotten my rest in, but uh, as far as uh, the glow I have from coming back from the International Bigfoot Conference, the IBC, no, I am not. I'm still kind of in shock and awe uh, as to um, as to what happened. I mean, it was just fantastic. Uh, Russell Accord and and, uh, and his wife Kelly really nailed it this year. I was uh, I'm super enamored with that conference. Uh, uh, just, just for the, the, not just with the speakers, but uh, and not just the size of the event, but the quality of the event. And I thought that was uh, it's pretty unique. I mean, what are your thoughts, Gunnar? No, I, uh, I was there um, in you know wearing a Bender hat this year. So um, one yeah. of the things that was was cool is I uh, there was a lot more people. I think this year this was the second year that that uh, they put the IBC on, and uh, they you know obviously the first year you're you're going to have run into issues and challenges, but they, I thought it was fantastic last year. And I think it was even better this year. So a lot of uh, folks coming through um, and it was different last year. You and I spoke together and uh, this year I didn't speak. You spoke with uh, Derek in regards to the, the nest, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, I liked the format a little bit. There were some breaks, you know, last year was back to back to back speakers. Um, and uh, this year there were some breaks where, you know, uh, it didn't wear you down quite as much. Uh, uh, it was a little bit of a marathon last year. And this year, I think they addressed that issue. Uh, the other thing that was cool, I, I thought was the VIP dinners. Um, there was two separate 
uh, VIP dinners on Friday and Saturday night, and folks could actually go in and uh, Ken Gearhart, uh, not it wasn't Ken Gearhart. I always get these guys get get these guys mixed up. Um, not Ken Gearhart, but thank you, Lyle Blackburn, the other guy. And in fact, he even addressed it in the in the presentation was I'm the other guy with the black hat. Uh, yeah, Lyle Blackburn hosted a VIP event the two nights, um, and it was it was fun. And each uh, table had one of the speakers sitting there, so you could you know sit and chat with. Uh, we had Adam Davis uh, was sitting at our table, and uh, it was I, I like that aspect. It was a it was a cool uh, uh, idea that uh, last year uh, something that they added new this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> there was a lot of unique things this year that were different than last year, and I really enjoyed the IBC last year, the International Big Book Conference last year. I thoroughly enjoyed it this year for many reasons, and one including the, the VIP dinner, uh, having you know uh, enthusiasts and other researchers sit down at your table. It was very personable. Not that the, the conference wasn't that way. You know, most of these, these, these conferences and summits and, and whatnot are very personable. Every, you know, you got, you know, TV stars like Cliff Bergman, who is – a, a researcher in his own right. I mean, a fantastic one. And, but you have, you know, other, you know, celebrities, researchers, people that have been doing this a long time. And, it, you know, the, the, the thought, I think, with a lot of people going into these conferences, and I, I, I heard this from many people that attended, was that, uh, you know, to talk to somebody, um, whether they're, they're a researcher or whatnot, uh, one of the speakers, they're very hard to get to. It's going to be kind of standoffish, but, and that's not the case. It's never the case, really. It, it, most of the times you go to these things, and people are, you know, they're, they're there for a lot of the same reasons, you know, you are, and that's to kind of collaborate, talk, uh, and share ideas, and, and, and just get to know each other. And, and, and the VIP dinner was uh, uh, kind of a micro uh, thing, you know, uh, another resource where you can, you know, you pay a little extra money, sure, but you get a dinner. You get to watch, like this year, you got to watch uh, Lyle Blackburn's movie, uh, the Boggy Creek, and uh, you get to sit down and have dinner and, and ask some of the presenters questions about their presentation or their ideas. And not only that, you get to listen to other people at the table, you know, share their ideas and thoughts and opinions. It's very, it's very open. It, it was fantastic. That was a that was a huge highlight for me was the VIP dinners uh, that were both on the Friday and the Saturday night. And uh, man, uh, wow, just blown away by the whole event, really. And the speakers this year. We're just on point. The presentations uh, alone made it worth going. I mean, of course, you had vendors. You had a, a fantastic amount of really good, mostly Sasquatch-related vendors. There were some other vendors there selling other products and stuff, which were fantastic. But it was really, you know, Bigfoot-themed, as, you know, you would expect. Uh, but the the speakers, wow. I mean, uh, you know, you think you heard it all, you know. I've been involved in this so long. But... You really haven't. I mean, Jeff Meldrum, um, I've heard him speak many times, and he just was a highlight of the the, the IBC conference. Uh, David Ellis, you know, good friend of mine and, and partner in the Lint Project, fantastic. Um, there were just so many great uh, uh, presentations. Adam Davis did a great one. Shelley Covington, Mark Marcel, David Floyd, Clyde Lewis, Thomas Seward, Ron Moorhead, all great presenters uh, that – um, you know, shared a little something different in many aspects. So, uh, and, and Gunner, I gotta, you know, 
I got an issue with the statement you made. You see, you said that you did not speak this year at this this conference, but you did. You did. <laughs> well, I didn't. <laughs> you know what? I didn't formal. I wasn't a formal speaker, but I did. Um, yeah, have the opportunity to. Uh, well, one of the things that uh, we're doing with uh, Sasquatch Coffee is I I uh, reached out to Bob Gimlin, and uh, we're he uh, he allowed us to put his image on a bag of coffee. We're doing a 50th special uh, limited edition. Uh, 50th anniversary version of uh, one of our coffees with Bob's picture on it. And uh, in exchange for that, uh, Bob, uh, I, Sasquatch Coffee is is uh, sharing the proceeds of those coffees with Bob. He's getting $15 a bag. So if you want one of those, there there is a limited amount. We we actually went through quite a through quite a few of them at the the conference this weekend. And uh, uh, but we we went. Ahead uh, it, we're able to present Jeff, uh, Bob with a uh, $1,500 check. So, and we're hoping that's one of yes. uh, of several that we get to. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, I think it it's funny because Bob, I think, was a little like shocked. And uh, he was. Um, yeah, uh, when I came off the stage, uh, Russ was saying, "Yeah, he almost, you know, uh, Bob was almost in tears." I, it made me emotional because here's, you know, um, the gentleman has has been in a I mean, it's been 50 years since uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film was first uh, captured. And, uh, you know, it's, it's withstood the t- test of time. I mean, it's been scrutinized and, and analyzed. And, and uh, one, you, you mentioned Dr. Meldrum's uh, presentation. And uh, what was fantastic about he, you know, was he went over the, 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 50, the Patterson-Gimlin film and showed why it's a legitimate living, breathing creature. Um, and it, uh, it was off the hook. I, I, I've always enjoyed Dr. Meldrum's presentations, but this was my, my favorite one that I've ever seen him do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, but you know, you know, you mentioned, you know, um, Bob Gimlin, you know, uh, getting maybe a little bit emotional. There was, I got, I, I felt, uh, I'll be honest with you, a little teary-eyed in, in the audience, and I know there, uh, that was shared by many others. You're, uh, you gave quite a little speech. I know you were limited on time, but, you know, you, you made mention of this has not been a, necessarily a fun road for Bob, um, and, and it really hasn't. There was many years where he was ridiculed and this and that, and it's been a very bumpy road. And now, uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Bob. He's a friend. Uh, he's a... Uh, he's done the time and, and now he's starting to get a little bit of recognition and, yeah. and, and thank God, thank God, because it's true. There was many people that mentioned this, you know, where would we be today without that footage? Probably nowhere. Um, and, uh, your, your sentiments were right on point. Uh, and I know they struck a chord with Bob and everybody in attendance. And so that was a special 10 minute little moment there that really stuck out to me. And I just wanted to make mention that because I thought Gunner, you did a fantastic job and, and uh, giving Bob that check, but just your your sentiments, your comments before the the handing over of the check that Bob did not see coming, he had no idea, um, and and that were just on point and fantastic. I know, um, you know, people. I don't know if people. I, I think maybe many people maybe are on, under the assumption that Bob is like the, oh he's this wealthy man doing great off the Bigfoot thing. No, it's quite quite opposite. You know, he's always over the years paid for. Uh, most of his, you know, his traveling and his attendances, and, and he still does, goes out to the woods. He still does. And so this was a little give back for the, you know, many years he's been doing this. And hopefully um, those of you that are Bob Gimlin fans, um, fans of the PG film,
the Patterson-Gimlin film, will realize that he's going to use that money to get around uh, to some more. There was a point there where I think he was uh, going to kind of quit going to these conferences and everything else. And uh, I think that's I think that's changed because uh, because of well not just the money issues but because also of Russell Accord and his involvement um, trying to generate some money for Bob so he can go to these events and, and people want to hear from him you know I mean like you said Dr Jeff Meldrum put on an amazing presentation and I've seen bits and pieces of it but he really put it all together this year and pointed out uh, why the Patterson Gimlin film cannot be a fake why that we are looking at a legitimate entity a legitimate creature whatever you want to and so uh, that to me was fascinating and that really is because of bob and, and roger patterson and uh, it was just that that to me was just it floored me that really made the weekend even better and uh, yeah and i just and i personally wanted to thank you gunner for doing that that was awesome yeah well i i enjoyed it i like i said it was um it was funny because I, I woke up about four o'clock in the morning. and was like, okay, what am I going to say? You know, cause I didn't know that we were going to do that till the night before. And uh, it was like, what? I mean, it, it was really just from the heart is Bob is really, if, if you've ever had the opportunity um, to, to be around him, he's, he's uh, generous, you know, with his time and with his spirit, he's just a gentleman and, and, you know, shakes everybody's hand and, and, and takes time with anybody who's talking to him. Um, he'll remember your name, you know, uh, if you've met him once, uh, it's, it's almost like it, it, he does, he's never met anybody that isn't a friend, but I did want to also acknowledge the fact that he got, he got kind of hammered. I mean, people, you know, think that it, like you said, it was, uh, I think the way I put it was, you know, I know it hasn't always been a, a, a bed of roses. A lot of times it's been a bed of thorns because, um, he, he got a lot of ridicule, um, and, and there, you know, he had a falling out with Roger Patterson uh, after the um, after the film was done, and and uh, and I, I know he had a bitter taste, and he hadn't wanted nothing to do with Bigfooting for a long time. So, uh, but fortunately, uh, he he came back into the fold and was accepted with open arms, and and he is just like you said, just a gentleman, and and always a pleasure to be around. And what a when he gets up in his speaking he is what a storyteller um and one of the things that that's out there now and available is bob's uh dvd they put together a dvd that talks about um not just you know you think about the patterson gimlin film it it was like like a minute of this guy's life and he has led a incredible life and is a true cowboy and and now there's a dvd that talks about uh his life outside of this one minute clip, of course he covers the Patterson Gimlin film and what led up to it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I, I haven't had a chance to, I picked one up this weekend and uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but it, this week I'm going to get sit down and, and with a bowl of popcorn and, and I'm excited to, to hear what, you know, about Bob's life uh, outside of, outside of big footing. Um, from his own mouth and his own words. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm, it, it, that's really cool. And, and we'll, we'll post links for that. You know, we'll put it in our Facebook group and our um, website. We'll post links to, for those of you that have not heard of this DVD um, and, and would like one, uh, you know, this documentary on Bob Gimlin. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff to this DVD. I haven't yet watched it myself. I, I have one, um, but I know, uh, from talking to Russell and, and, and looking at some of the 
uh, pieces put out there that uh, that it's a bit about Bob's life and stuff. So uh, we'll we'll post it in there if, you, if anybody's interested in, in purchasing one. I think I, I don't know. I can't remember the price. I know it's very reasonable, and uh, you know most of the majority of that money goes back to Bob. So um, and it's just you know a piece of history right there. It, regardless, I'll tell you what. Regardless, if you think the Patty give, the, the Patterson Gimlin film is real or fake. Uh, you're probably interested in interested in, and you're going to hear uh, Bob's perspective, and so you know, pick it up for that reason alone. Uh, it's just it's just it is history in a way, so definitely pick it up just for that, if nothing else. But um, kind of shift gears a little bit. I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit about this, some of the speakers. Uh, you know, yes, I did speak alongside Derek Randall's. We, you know, we're representing the Limit Project. We were talking about the the updates with the nesting area, and we can touch upon that here in a little bit, but. Um, you know, one of the highlights for me personally with, with some of these speakers, last year, John Bendernagel was supposed to speak at the IBC, and due to health issues, he couldn't make it. He was supposed to come to the International Paper Conference last year. I was really looking forward to it. He's a friend of mine as well. He is actually one of my heroes in this field. He's, he's somebody I've looked up to a long, for a long time, somebody that I can relate to in a lot of ways, and um, he is, you know, I, I consider myself a bit of a citizen scientist. Well, he is a scientist, and he's a wildlife biologist out of Vancouver Island, and he's been struggling with some health issues. Well, um, I'm, I was so stoked when I heard that he was going to be at this this uh, International Bigfoot Conference this year, and I contacted Russell, and I said, hey, thank you, kudos. I never thought I would get a chance, other than maybe traveling to Vancouver Island, to see John again. Yes, I can phone call him. Yes, I can email him, but I really wanted to see John Bennernagel in person and what a pleasure he put on a great uh, he was kind of the surprise guest speaker on sunday he uh it was a it was a little bit different than a lot of his other presentations he added a lot of humor to this presentation and but yet it was it was fascinating and you know as we talked about on the show before and as john has written books on this he's always um can't understand why mainstream science uh his peers his friends, those he works with, those he collaborates with, can't look at the Bigfoot subject a little more seriously. He thinks there's enough evidence out there, both anecdotal and physical and everything else, that science really look at this a little more seriously. And he, he has never been able to wrap his head around that. He made some very poignant points on the subject. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed, you know, um, I remember uh, we were at the IBC, I was coming off the elevator uh, and coming down. Uh, Rick Dorillo uh, uh, was was with me, and we're we're getting off the elevator. We were chatting, and I see John Bennernagel there, and he kind of looked at me, and I looked at him, and I didn't want to bug him because he was in a conversation. So I walked by him, and that's usually how I I roll. I just if they're you know uh, you know whether it's Meldrum or Cliff Berkman, and, and they're friends of mine, I don't like to bug them. I can talk to them. So I walked by him, and I, I did want to catch up. I didn't want to lose the opportunity to, to talk to John Bendernagel. Anyways, uh, I ended up bumping into him on Saturday um, at the conference, and he said, Shane, Shane, you know, I, I, was I, I think you walked by me uh, by the elevator. I said, sure, you, you sure did. I, I just didn't want to bug you. He's like, oh, no, no, no. No, you're not bugging me. And he's such a humble, uh, approachable guy. And um, um, anyways, later on we did – managed to 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 uh meet up and talk and uh, that was that was awesome because you know john's health is declining and um i'm not going to get into 
in, in on that, but uh, he is just a special person that has been, you know, he's he is a good reason, honestly. Honest to God, he's a good reason why I uh, do what I do. Uh, he's not the end-all, be-all, but he's a good reason, a good portion of what I do is because of people like him because he, here's a guy with credentials, with science, you know, academia. He's part of all that. He's put his, his um, career on the line to talk about this stuff, just like Jeff Meldrum and, and John Mainzinski and many others. And Robert Krantz, yeah. Robert Krantz, yeah, you, and the list goes on. I, I really yeah. want to do him justice in the end. I want his work to be vindicated uh, in a good way um, so that uh, he can look back and, and, and realize he, you know, re- whether or not Sasquatch is ever proven, and I think it will be, but whether, whether or not it's ever proven, I just want him to feel like he made a mark, he made an impression, and that his work was not in vain. And that's, that's really what I truly want for John and many of the others. And I think we're more than capable of doing that. Uh, I think we're standing on the shoulders of giants. I know I am. You know, I'm like this little, this little guy standing on the shoulder of giants, and I'm glad to be there. I am so stoked to be there. And so it was a true pleasure to have John Bendernagel there. And for those of you who don't, don't know of John Bendernagel, please look him up. He's got some fantastic books. Um, he's got some videos on YouTube that are just fantastic. And he's a funny guy, uh, but he's also very intellectual and smart, and he knows his stuff. You know, this is a guy that has come across on Vancouver Island his own, his own Bigfoot or possible Bigfoot impressions, at least, you know, some big impressions uh, that are very compelling. He, he has these casts. So he has, he has experienced something. I don't think he's ever had a true experience or exciting, but he has experienced that portion of, of the field or that possible um, physical evidence. And so, eh, you know, that's, that's just my approach in this field. You know, um, I got other motives, which are all, I think, good. But one of them is, is to do some of these guys that have been at this longer than I have and these guys that have put their careers on the line, um, some justice, you know. So that's, that's my approach. I mean, Gunnar, who were some of the other speakers? I mean, what, what was your impression of John Bernardo, and who were some speakers that really stood out to you uh, that, you know, other than we talked about Jeff Meldrum and his talk on the PG film, what were some of your uh, favorites? Yeah, well, they they rounded out the the conference with having Bob come up and speak, and and uh, he didn't really say a whole lot, but but he was expressing his appreciation for the people showing up uh, at the event, and and uh, so uh, that was that was a cool moment. Um, yeah, John uh, Bendernagel. Uh, was added at the, the last minute again. That um, was awesome. Thomas Seward, I he he brings this other perspective to uh, to Bigfoot research that um, it has largely been ignored, and that's the First Nations perspective. Um, he he uh, and plus he's entertaining. If you have, I had an opportunity to, to spend a week with with Thomas on. Uh, uh, during Operation Sea Monkey, you know he was the our guide in the the islands up there, and uh, he's just he's got a lot of information. He's like he he part of their culture is to you know the oral tradition of passing stories down. Well, he so he is just this wealth of knowledge about what uh, the First Nations perspective. Plus, he's uh, you know, reaching out to to uh, other tribes that, um, and they're seeking him out now with in yeah, regards un- to Bigfoot activity. What's that? 
unprecedented. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's he's and he's he mentioned it in the conferences to you know that's one of the things we need to do is like reach out to to uh, the First Nations people and and uh, and ask for their their opinion and ask for you know include include them in in Bigfoot research because it really uh, for a large part has been ignored. There are people that you know um, individually have have gone and and uh, uh, sought out the First Nations people and um, but but he's really at the forefront of that bringing that perspective uh, and, he, and he's, he's just I, I enjoy his company he just he's just mm-hmm. fun to read around he you know he's he uh, you you give him a question we've had him on the show a few times and you you know he can talk uh, about uh, a subject intelligently uh, you just let him run I mean you know he's the kind of people like when you have on the show that that you don't have to have a lot of questions prepared. You just give Thomas a floor and, and he'll, uh, he'll give you a, a lot of uh, entertaining stories, but also just a lot of knowledge about the subject. So he was one that, that I really enjoyed. I always liked Mark Marcel. I actually got there late oh, on yes. Friday, so I missed Mark's uh, presentation, but uh, I got to see him and, and give him a hug. And, and uh, he's just such a cool cat. I mean, that's, that's the way I think of Mark is like, He's so <laughs> laid back and and uh, but uh, obsessed. You know the guy. The guy uh, is is uh, you and I got the opportunity to to go to uh, the site of the Fred Bedding, Fred Beck incident in Ape Canyon with with Mark along with uh, Abby and uh, Shelley and uh, it it was a blast. I mean Mark's just uh, a great guy and uh, I. I have an appreciation for people that that uh, appreciate the history of of Bigfooting, and uh, mm. Mark, you know, Mark rediscovered the location through immense amount of work. It was no easy task, and uh, I'm glad to see that people are getting to hear his his story and his journey. And he's working on some other things now, and uh, yeah. just like the you know the uh, Bluff Creek Project guys that that rediscovered the actual uh, Patterson Gimlin site film site that had actually been lost. So um, I have an appreciation that, that, uh, that Mark put in, I mean, not, you, you got to hear him speak. If you haven't, I believe he's speaking at Montana. Uh, hopefully they'll get him at Ohio because I, I, I really, uh, he, he tells a great story yes. too. And, and uh, it's fascinating information. So those yeah, were know. some of my favorites. Of course, I I was happy to hear about the updates from from uh, you and and Derek during your presentation about the nesting site, which I would like to let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, uh, okay. some of the other uh, things is I actually ran into Daniel Perez, who does Bigfoot Times. Uh, I never met Daniel before, as far as I'm, I'm I don't remember ever meeting him anywhere. Yeah, and uh, he's been doing that since 1998. So. I mean, talk about stick to it in this. He's been doing this, you know, newsletter for all that time. Um, and it's, uh, I, I picked up a, a couple copies and, uh, and actually I, I've never subscribed to it, but I'm going, that's on my list this week is to uh, subscribe to the Bigfoot Times. And, and uh, we'll put a link on our, on our Facebook page. Um, oh yeah. So you can check it out. But uh, yeah, he, 
Yeah, I, I talk about dedication to to the subject. I, you know, a lot of he was telling me a lot of the his subject matter is, is centered around the Patterson Gimlin film, but that's not all it is. Um, he's got book right. report, you know, book reviews and and uh, all kinds of stuff in in uh, his. Uh, he's got an article about about Cliff and 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 does a does a uh, a piece about who has passed in big footing. So yeah, it, I, I thought uh, he was a pleasure. And I, I talked to him about uh, possibly coming on the show and we'll, I'm sure uh, we'll have him on the show at some point here in the near future. I actually got one of his, uh, he, he has this handout of that shows the Patterson Gimlin film site from 1968 through 2012. And uh, I actually went there a couple years ago, with Steven Stroyford and Jamie, I'm forgetting Jamie's last name, but uh, of the Bluff Creek project. And the last picture in 2012 looks more like, I mean, it, it's amazing how, you know, you can't, you wouldn't even recognize it uh, if from the Patterson Gimlin film at this point, it's just, you know, it's, it's grown, it's been 50 years. And it's amazing what the forest does in, in uh, recovers in 50 years. That was one of the things that I found fascinating about going to the nest site, um, is is how it's been you know two and a half years now and and uh the foresters recovering you know it, you where the the huckleberry was is was all snapped in this you know on this ridge it's it's growing back and uh, mm-hmm. in my mind i'm like thinking you know i think that that it, i think it's a uh, we'll see if if there's a time frame that that uh whatever used built these nests comes back through again, because um, it'd be interesting to see if, if there's a, a cycle of, of they yeah. leave, leave an area for a period of time, come back when it's recovered. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to real quick jump in here and, and, and speak a little bit about Mark Marcel and Daniel Perez. You know, one of the cool things about Mark Marcel is he's not a, um, what you would call a Bigfoot researcher per se. He is very much the, uh, like we've had him on the show. I hope to get Daniel Perez on the show. I'd love that. But with Mark Marcel, he's very much like I, I coined it uh, for an episode. He's like the Indiana Jones of Bigfoot. He he actually mm-hmm. is looking up his, – his thing is historical Bigfoot attacks and historical Bigfoot stories. And he goes out there, and not just online, and not just uh, – he, he goes to the library. He looks up these historical Bigfoot attacks, uh, like, uh, the you know, Ape Canyon, um, that sort of thing. And he really – Oh, to the tenth yeah. degree. He he researches researches them inside and out, mm-hmm. and um, and then he goes out and, and investigates it. And he really is just a fascinating. It's a fascinating person, regardless. Uh, you know, he, he owns an aquarium in Washington as well, a, a pretty unique aquarium uh, up in the Pacific Northwest here. Um, but he he goes out and investigates this stuff, and he doesn't. Uh, he's not a guy that you're going to find on on Facebook or social media posting about all his findings until it's almost like a peer-reviewed paper he has to have everything all of his ducks in a row everything kind of perfected as much as he can before he comes forward and one of one of the uh, like the international bigfoot conference this is where he shares his information it is freaking fascinating and i got to give he just he's just a fascinating guy to talk to he's a land surveyor by trade if you haven't heard mark marcel and some of his work you know look back in the archives of monster x radio uh, because he uh, he has been on the show twice now, and 
he gives updates and whatnot, but fascinating guy. Daniel Perez is kind of the same sort of thing, you know. I mean, he is um, an investigator in the Sasquatch Sasquatch phenomena, um, but he's also, um, uh, you know, a journalist like Mark Marcel, and he's interviewed – Daniel Perez has interviewed a lot of – some of the big names and, and key characters or people in this field, like, uh, you know, Bob Titmus and John Green, people that have passed away. And so you can jump on YouTube and look up Daniel Perez and listen to some of his interviews, including he's interviewed this guy twice. Once was 25 years ago and once was a couple months back, Lyle Laverty, which I mentioned on a show a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the uh, Dolan Project's nesting area we're working on and studying. And, uh, you know, I learned something, and I gave kudos to that at the conference. I spoke about Daniel Perez uh, speaking with Lyle Laverty and talking mm-hmm. about this this uh, forestry worker that came across uh, a nest in 1967, the same time that PG film was filmed. Uh, he came across also tracks, but the, the nest stuck out in my head because not just the, the, they found a, a weird nest they had, you know, they weren't familiar with, but because of where this thing was placed on a hill above a creek called Scorpion Creek, which is part of Bluff Creek, feeds Bluff Creek. And so, I mean, got to give, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Daniel Perez a shout-out there for sure as Mark Marcel. I love those love those guys. Mark Marcel's a good friend of mine. I got to meet Daniel Perez for the first time as well, like you, Gunner. But I've, uh, uh, you know, I've read a lot of the stuff. I've listened to a lot of his interviews. And these guys have done the big, big subject uh, justice. And, and Daniel Perez had some great questions um, during the Q&A portion of, of the IBC conference, you know, he stood up and asked a question. But he also, after the fact, we, you know, I walked up and um, introduced myself, and, and uh, he had some questions for me. And they were, you know, I, I love that. I love when people have questions and uh, legitimate questions, um, questions that sometimes, you know, make you a little uneasy uh, just because they're tough questions. You know, all you can do is answer them the best of your ability and honestly at the time. But I appreciate that stuff. So uh, thank you, Daniel, for, for doing that. And he gave me – also, Daniel gave me some um, advice as to uh, avenues to share uh, some of our some of our physical evidence, you know, specifically the hair. And I appreciated that. I really do. I, I, you know, I don't take offense to those things. I, I've actually I, – I, I want that because I need that. You know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but – and I don't know everybody. And if someone's got a, an avenue, a resource, I want to hear about it. Um, I think that's what research is all about, investigation is all about, and honesty in the subject is all about. You may have one person tell you, oh, that's, that's very suspect, that's unknown. And then you have another person who will say, you know, I think that's this or that, and it could be uh, explained this way. And so I appreciate that candor and that approach. And, uh, but to... Um, you know, uh, Derek Randalls and myself, uh, Derek Randalls was supposed to speak at this conference by himself, and he said, hey, Shane, uh, you know, Derek Randalls, you know, pretty much the head of the Olympic Project, he, he asked me, hey, you know, um, can you speak alongside me? And I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't asked to speak at this event. Uh, there was plenty of other speakers there that were asked, and, and um, that was awesome. Derek asked me to speak. I was kind of a last-minute addition. I helped put the presentation together. Uh, for the International Big Conference for, uh, you know, representing the Olympic Project. And um, I was proud of it. I really was. We had some uh, audio issues, but not not uh, anything detrimental. I mean, nothing destroyed it. It was, it was really good. The feedback uh, during and after the conference uh, was amazing. During the Q&A, it was really funny. I was laughing because 
And basically, the way they set it up, like they do a lot of these summits and conferences, is they put up a bunch of chairs, you know, line up a bunch of chairs on stage, and all the, the speakers sit on these, these chairs, and people will come up and on the microphone will ask um, a specific speaker or the panel, the group, a question. And the first, I don't know, five or six questions uh, from individuals attending this conference were directed at the Olympic Project and about the Nest site. And you know what? be honest with you, that made me feel a little bit proud because uh, it obviously we intrigued people. Uh, they, they were uh, wondering, they had questions about it. And it was funny, uh, I was about to tell Russell, just leave the mic in Derek Randall's hand because it was just one after another. <laughs> Eventually people did disperse their questions to other uh, speakers and uh, the whole panel as a whole. But it, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. Um, but actually very cool because well, it's the most, we struck a chord. It, I mean, yeah, well, and the thing is, it's one of the the most compelling uh, investigations going on right now is is the nest site and the idea that that uh, what made these things and that it for me as a Bigfoot investigator or researcher, one of the things that is fascinating. I mean, there's a lot of one piece of evidence. There's no corroborating evidence, and that's not the case here. We have we have nests. We have the damage that was done in the area. We have footprints, or not footprints, but we have hair. We have uh, feces, you know, um, and the and it's it's an ongoing project. So many times, I I am happy that it was being handled as a researcher watching it being done, and I'm, as a member of the Olympic Project, that that the way it's being handled is is scientifically. It's you know, and now. Um, the, there's the possibility that that uh, these samples samples have now been collected from the nest, and uh, eventually uh, they are going to be tested using this new eDNA environmental DNA technique. And Dr. Todd Dissadel, who's been on Monster X, and we're going to have him back on shortly, is uh, um, is conduct going to conduct those tests. So. Um, it's the, for me, it's one of it's fascinating. It's one of the more com, most compelling things uh, Bigfoot's got going right now. The Bigfoot research has got going, and fortunately, um, uh, it it's being handled by the Olympic Project in uh, in the right way. You know, to me, in my opinion. So, um, yeah. and you did, you know, I'm not surprised that Derek asked you to participate. Um, I don't know, you know, I, if folks listen to the show, they, they know, they'll know that you moved from Oregon to Washington. And, and I, I know that we've talked about it. And part of the reason that you actually relocated was to be closer to this, this project. Um, that's, that's a lot of dedication. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I, not too many people are going to, are going to, uh, I, I know there was more to it than that, but, but that factored into your, uh, relocation was because you are compelled by this project, and uh, I know that you have spent uh, a lot of a lot of time in that area uh, over the summer. And and you know I've been out with you, and I know that Shelly uh, coming to Montana's been out a couple times. We took you know Mike Leone went out with us, and I know that you've been out um, many more times than that. So um, yeah. it's. Uh, it's, I'm, ex- I'm excited to, uh, when I get excited, start talking fast. So I'll slow <laughs> down, you know. but, but I mean, when, but this project is, 
it, it's going to be fascinating to see what comes out of the test now that that uh, Dr. Melden got involved and and now Todd Disatel is uh, is involved in in this processing um, these samples because uh, we've already got that's the other thing is hair has come back you know against a suspect you use the term suspect I like that is a good uh, way to and 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 there's been no ex- uh, satisfactory, satisfactory explanation for what constructed these nests. And not only that, the rocks that were found there that are scored, um, you know, and, and beyond that, uh, there's ongoing uh, Bigfoot activity in that area. In fact, yeah. Derek and his wife had saw something that shook a tree in that immediate vicinity. And that's, yeah, so this is it's it's not one piece of evidence. That's what's ex- one of the exciting things about this is it's it's multiple things that are are kind of coming together. And uh the Olympic Took project did an extensive spent 2 years, you know, looking at this area um and and now got doc and now science is involved. You know, that's one of the things that Derek said that was interesting to me is that, you know, we we did it we took it as far as we could. And then it was time to to get to we wanted to vet this out, which there was yeah, no bring in the big dogs, right? Yeah, and now bring in the big dogs, yeah. right? And I and I you know I I know that that uh, Dr. Meldrum has got a raft of crap for for some of his associations, um, but I, I at the time I I said the same thing I'll say it now if you're gonna you know if I came across a Bigfoot body. Uh, Outside my immediate circle, obviously I'm I'm calling Shane Corson and, and Derek and 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 members of the Olympic Project, but we're gonna bring Dr. Rand or Dr. Randall, yeah, Dr. Dr. Meldrum in. You know, that's who you, who are you gonna call? You're gonna call Dr. Meldrum. I mean, he's yeah. he's a guy that, um, as a scientist, put his neck out there. You know, just like John Bendernagel, and they've they they've sacrificed a lot in their careers as as scientists by being open about their interest in the subject Bigfoot. And I, I know it's always uh, funny to watch John Bernanagle talk about that because I know that it just is in his craw as why uh, science won't, you know, his fellow scientists won't look at the hard evidence that exists. Um, it's, it's, oh, it reminds me of the three monkeys, you know, it's hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And it's like exactly, that about the yeah. Bigfoot subject in science. <laughs> and, and that's not science. Um, the scientists, you know, that that is not science. Science is open to all possibility, and and it's it's gotten away from that in a lot of, especially around this subject. You know, this mm-hmm. now, I I know that that there's been a lot of damage done to the subject by big footers, and you know, and the media, and so, but that's why it's important to, that that uh, things like this Olympic, the Olympic project nest project um is handled the way that it is you know it's that i i have so much appreciation for for derek and you and and the folks of the olympic project that have not you know pushed that out there would have been easy to go run out and say bigfoot 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 look what we found bigfoot and that's not what it's not and that's why it's people are like i never heard of this before well yeah because the olympic project does not go to on facebook and say look what we found and we found bigfoot stuff yeah Oh, great point. Um, I've, yeah, great and point. I've been involved in groups before that I walked away from because they presented, you know, they made 
definitive statements about stuff that definitely was not ever vetted and was not processed as evidence. They just found yeah. some. I found we found some funny crap in the woods, and we found Bigfoot crap. Yeah, you know what, Gunner? Let me jump in there because I mean, all uh, and thank you, but you know your your, your statements are. Are correct. You know, uh, one of the thing, one of the things is about for me personally, and I know uh, I can say this for the Olympic Project as a whole is we're not in this for the Facebook likes, the uh, the kudos, the pats on the back, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you, you know, I had many people come up to me um, during the conference and right when it was ending, saying, "Hey, where can we find out more information on this?" And then I said, "Well, you really had to attend. You can talk to me right now, and you really had to attend the the speaking arrangement." that we've spoken, but we really don't share a whole lot on social media, whether it's our, our uh, website or on Facebook or as individuals, because what happens is the research, you know, you just get people um, attacking it. And, and, and quite honestly, a lot of good questions, but there's just a lot of questions. It takes our time and focus away from the field work and you start just spending most of your time online and uh, either defending combating yourself or defending yourself to the people that are idiots. I mean, and people, I'm well, sorry, and, I'm, I'm going to be blunt because yeah. there's people that, that just put crap out there and attack everything that they see without ever doing any amount of research. I, I you know, the, the wood rat nest guy got under my skin. <laughs> um, the, you know, yeah. uh, Derek, Derek doesn't respond much to a lot of the, but he, he, I think he'd had enough in that regard if you, um, <laughs> so, oh, did you, you know, yeah, the thing is, this has been going on for over two years and, and the, um, it isn't, you know, uh, being done willy nilly. It's, uh, wildlife, you know, bear biologists have ident- said these aren't bear nests. You know, we've, it's not just, it's going through the, the vetting process, which is slow. Yeah. Science the, is sl- yeah, real oh. slow. Yeah, real research is slow. Good God. Yeah, way slow, way slow, as it should be, as it should be. You know, if you look at science as a whole, you know, you may hear a blurb like uh, um, this was found, you know, in a, in on the news or in a scientific paper. You may hear, oh, this is found, and it's not. But you won't hear, like, absolutes until it's proven. And, and that's how I think we're trying to approach this. We're not uh, – I know Derek during the conference um, – He's, he, we've been at this a long time. He's starting to have an idea, and he gave his basically what Derek did, and, and, and he echoed what I was thinking. He gave uh, ideas as to what he thought was going on. But I guarantee Derek would say, as would I, could we be wrong? Yes, but this is what we think is going on. Now, science will, uh, you know, we want this to be eventually. Regard, here's what we have, uh, and I, this was part of the presentation. Unknown hair, unknown behavior, unknown nests, and that is true. That is a true statement. We have unknown hair, unknown behavior, and unknown nest. We don't know what made these. Okay? This is part of the presentation. I've done it mm-hmm. three times now, and it's, it's a true statement. But we have our ideas as to what may be going on. This area, quite honestly, has uh, the general vicinity and extending um, outwards uh, quite a bit. There have been many credible sightings, many credible um, and suspect audio recordings, and track casting, which we never covered during the IBC conference because we ran out of time. There have been cast, footprints tra- uh, casted in these areas, and not just by ourselves, 
by other individuals outside of mm-hmm. not even knowing of the nest site, but outside. So we're not talking in the vicinity of the nest, but we are talking, you know, mileage. Pretty interesting when you see, you know, Cliff Berrickman gave me a couple of casts from that area, the general vicinity um, that are I, I had never seen, but he's been working with somebody, and now we're kind of working with them as well that had been casting these. And so uh, there's a history and there's anecdotal and physical evidence. And so along with sightings and historical stuff, it's, it's very, very compelling. And when you, you're looking at these nests, and I've said this time and time before, as Meldrum mentioned, uh, I don't think during his presentation, but he mentioned, he has mentioned before in presentations, these things, there's something, there's some intelligence behind this nest construction. And so now we have, you know, science involved in, and they're stating their statements and, and whatnot. Now, uh, we're all about the results. You know, no matter what the results are, say for whatever reason the bear biologists are wrong and the primatologists we had involved are wrong and everything else, if, if, if it comes back as a known thing or mm-hmm. whatever, hey, you live with that and you move on. I know Sasquatch yeah. this. I'm not, I'm not banking all my – I'm not, like, putting all my cards into this nesting area. No, I'm very excited about it. It's the most uh, compelling thing I've seen uh, in person other than what I saw in 2011. Um, but it's very compelling, and it's interesting. And I've never seen anything like this, nor has Derek, nor has uh, those that actually came across the nest site beforehand. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. Um, well, I shouldn't say nobody. Uh, as I mentioned during the, the, the uh, presentation, nests of this caliber or construction have been found. If you look up uh, the book Renko Sasquatch, there's pictures in there. Uh, Cindy Dosen out of Vancouver Island has found an interesting nest. And as I mentioned previously in our in, in the show uh, with Daniel Perez's um, interview with Lyle Laverty, there was a nest there in, in Bluff Creek that was interesting <laughs> and suspect. Which is, yeah, and, that's cool to me because, yeah. because the Patterson-Gillen film actually had some corroborating evidence. People think just think it was the film, but there's a, there was a history before um, that film of, of film of footprints being found on the same individual. You know that there oh, was yeah, that history, man. yeah. And people, you can't just look at the film in in a in a vortex or in a vacuum. In a vortex, right. I don't know, maybe, but uh, but in a <laughs> vacuum, you know, there there were footprints found of the same individual prior to that. There had been, you know, Bigfoot seen there were anecdotal stories of that area from you know from for years before that um i'm sure there's stories down you know that people have sightings down there now um yeah, yeah. it's uh the the nesting is 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 very exciting um again it's going to take a while for the process of of the e-dna um yeah you, you know you're talking about science taking a long time. I was just reading an article about um, this, the study of Saturn and, and it, that, that project is the, the uh, machine that they sent. (laughs) Yeah. They're just, they're just get it. That project just ending 30 years later that, that, and that's patience. That's what, that's what science demands is, is that kind of patience that you, you know, it's not going to get the, uh, the, the quick solution to proving Bigfoot exists is killing one. And the most likely way that that would happen is somebody accidentally killing one by hitting it with their car. I don't think, you know, if it was easy to go out and, and shoot a Bigfoot, it would have been done already. I mean, it's, you know, I, I 
drone on about the fact that there's, you know, we're going to have to find one live or dead um, or a long-term uh, research project. But this eDNA is now um, opens another avenue for the possibility of, of uh, proving that, that Bigfoot exists. Oh, yeah, and, 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 yeah, and the future. More than one yeah, case. and the yeah. future, as I think Cliff Berrickman stated, uh, me with Jeff, and, and I think both of them would agree, though, it is the future of Sasquatch research. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. outside of body, this is where, where, where research is going to take off because we have tons of uh, impressions. We have photos, video. Um, we don't have a body. Well, what's the next best thing is DNA, and how do you get that DNA? Um, you know, we have audio and all that, but DNA, uh, especially if you can get collaborate, you know, collaboration amongst multiple sites, you get, say, um, and I'm not saying, uh, that's the thing too, is I'm not saying this, this nesting area is going to improve the, the existence of Tasquatch. What it will do, though, I think, I hope, is if we, get, if we do pull something interesting, suspect, unknown out of this area, we got to replicate it. And that's what the OP Online Project is really Next two or three years, this is what we're going to be about. Quite honestly, um, well, that's it's something that can. Yeah, that is the next uh, more, more um, is, Yeah, is now that yeah now now the Olympic project isn't done. Now it's the idea is to, to and and some areas have been identified that that um, are the same um, have the same attributes as as the nest where these nests were found, and now. Um, the Olympic project is going to be checking out those areas and seeing if maybe if there's a pattern and that's, yeah. that's awesome. That is um, what you would, that's science looking, you know, okay. now you've had, a, you have a theory or you have a hypothesis. You're going to go test that hypothesis. Are these, Which you really know, is cool. this something that that's replicatable? Um, yeah. yeah, that's, I'm excited. Really about cool, that Gunner. Too. You know, what's really cool, Gunner, is this, and I know you know this, but what's really cool is, and I want to speak a little bit about the attendees at the conference. I'm just going to transition mm-hmm. a little bit, was the fact that um, uh, this is information that we shared. And, and one of the reasons we do these conferences, because we know there's going to be other researchers there, enthusiasts, uh, those that may get excited about it, or those may, that have, may have, be sitting on something similar and, right. and getting this information out there. Whether or not it's Bigfoot or not, I don't know. But getting this information out there and sharing it um, there uh, in, in, in a conference such as the International Bigfoot Conference is for the fact that, you know, I had a lot of people. I mean, I could go on for days. This is why I was so enamored with this conference, but uh, that <laughs> were interested in going, hey, hey, I live. There was people from Florida, Minnesota, Georgia, California, Washington, Oregon, all around the United States, Pennsylvania. That said, hey, you know, um, I'd love to. What do I need to look for, or what what should I be looking for? And I would share my thoughts and opinions, just my thoughts and opinions. Uh, so with Derek and, and and David Ellis and the gang there, as to what we found and what we were looking for after the, the initial discovery. And so that was that was really cool because you have those interested citizen scientists and the the whole uh, the whole you know uh, thing. Anyways. You had people interested in, in looking for similar things, and they said, you know, and we, we shared that. And you know what? You're basically spreading a seed there of interest, and maybe when somebody else, maybe the Lund Project is not going to be the one to replicate or find another area 
uh, similar to what we've been working on, maybe someone else will. Well, frick yeah, heck yeah, do it. <laughs> and um, that's an encouragement. There's no closed door stuff. You know, it, it really is about um, collaboration. Collaboration and not competition, but also, you know, just getting the word out there and sharing our ideas. And we were more than, uh, we're happy to say we could be wrong. You know, well, how um, many people have, have, have come across these nests? And not even give them a second thought or thought maybe that's weird and didn't didn't think any about it. Exactly. Now well, information same, same, same is being with bones. disseminated yeah. out to yeah to the public. Right. No. Yeah. And same thing with bones. I have this conversation with a lot of people about bones. Mm-hmm. You know why haven't bones been discovered? I'm like, well, maybe they have. Maybe nobody knew what they're looking at. I don't know. I personally haven't come across. I've come across bones, but nothing that I would associate even closely to Sasquatch. But maybe someone has and they don't know what they're looking at. So. Um, that's the thing, though, is there's a lot of people in the woods, but, you know, they can come across a nest and they go, ah, that's, that's a bear, or I have no idea, or that's an elk, or a porcupine, or a, uh, some sort of large bird of prey, or whatever. Same thing with bones. Same thing with bones. Maybe they have been discovered. And I'm not going to get into the whole conspiracy thing. I know, you know, <laughs> could that be real? I don't know. I, but I don't get involved in because, you know, it's not going to do, do this subject any justice looking into it personally. Um, but I did want to talk about, Gunner. One of the cool things about being involved with the Lent Project and Monstrex Radio was we, uh, at the International Bigfoot Conference, we really didn't have anything set up for Monstrex Radio. There were other podcasts there, and I'll mention them because I appreciate them. You know, uh, the Sasquatch Syndicate and Bigfoot Chronicles, you know, uh, Chuck with uh, the Sasquatch Syndicate and, 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 and Wes and Woody with uh, um, Sasquatch Chronicles. Sasquatch Chronicles. They, uh, you know, they were in present, and they did, you know... I personally have a lot of respect for those guys. They did a great job at the conference. Um, I think some of those guys should be on stage at some point talking about uh, not just their podcast, but their, their interviews. Um, what, what I really appreciated, and we didn't have a table set up for Monster Arts Radio. Uh, we were so busy with the conference, uh, doing our things. What I really appreciated was, and, uh, was the fact that a lot of – it was funny. I had two people come up to me during the conference that recognized my voice. <laughs> and uh, Derek Randalls was standing next to me, and he laughed because they said, hey, are you Shane Corson? I love your show. The reason I'm here is because of your show. Um, I had another woman um, just thank me. Um, her name's Kim. I'm not going to give her her last name because I don't know if she'll want it on air. But Kim, she does a – she had a <laughs> book Kim called um, Oddity Clay Works. And she said, Shane, you, you inspire uh, a lot of my work. And Kim is just a sweetheart. Her work is phenomenal. Um, Sasquatch-related stuff and other uh, fantastic work she does. And it really struck home with me that, uh, you know, it made me proud to be associated with you, Gunner, and the Monster X Radio Show. I mean, I had multiple individuals, and I'm trying to swell my head up. You know, there's other no, podcasts fun. out there. There's other fantastic individuals. But um, it, it made me feel appreciated, you know, quite honestly. And, and the fact that you listened to the show, I was, just, I was floored. And uh, it made me feel really good about it. You know, and, and that made me feel good because... Uh, not too long ago, I had somebody via social media, and I rarely pay, pay attention people to the negative stuff on social media, but there was this one individual that came at me and said, hey, uh, uh, over the years, Shane, I think your head swelled up, and, and you're this and that, and you're, uh, I, honest to God, I have no ego. I'm, in, I'm on the they same lemon. They obviously do Let, not know you personally. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I am on, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this publicly. I'm on the same playing field as every other person out there 
Um, do I have experience? I'm going to say I have experience. Do I know anything? I don't think I know anything. I don't. Uh, Cliff Berkman is a good friend of mine. He says the same thing. If someone says something for a fact, they're probably full of crap. And that's the truth. <laughs> and I don't claim to know anything. I claim to have experiences. Um, uh, do, I know, do I personally think Sasquatch is real? Heck yeah. I have no qualm saying that. But I have no ego, no head, no um, you know, uh, big head anyways. And, and, and I don't, don't uh, try to puff myself up. I love doing Montrex Radio. I love being involved with uh, the Olympic Project and, 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 and the Tillamook Forest Group. Um, in the day, I'm, I'm an investigator, researcher. Call me what you will. Enthusiast. I don't care. But it was really <laughs> nice to hear that people appreciated the Monstrex radio show, and I heard that from so many people. And we did not even have a booth. And no, it was when, interesting because uh, I, yeah, doing the same thing. Because I did have the booth. I had the Sasquatch Coffee booth. And thank you for all the folks that came by and, and bought Sasquatch Coffee. And uh, but but I, I I had a number of people that came up and 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 say, hey, I I, I, listen, I love your show. So, and, and it, it isn't about ego. It's just like, man, you, you know, it takes a lot of effort to put this, do this week after week. And, and it's nice every once in a while to hear, Hey, I, we like what you're doing. So um, that it gives yes. you the, yeah. the uh, motivation to keep going. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you think maybe it's time to, to wrap it up, but uh, <laughs> no, we're going forward. And uh, uh, it, it's, I, I always, I've, I've been doing it now, you know, with you for, I, I started out with the, uh, Johnny uh, for a while and, and Crystal and then um, uh, then you and I have been doing together now for I don't I don't know for for quite a while now so um, yeah. and and uh, Julie and and Thomas Seward is I I is coming on board with with uh, some of his uh, Sasquatch Island um, stuff I'm excited about that because um, like I said he's he's become a good friend of mine and and I, he's just fascinating to listen to. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I do want to give a shout out to David Boozer with PacWest Bigfoot, because I don't know how many people came to Sasquatch coffee table and said, yeah, I had to come buy your coffee because, uh, I hear David Boozer talks about it all the time on PacWest Bigfoot. So thanks Dave. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you always giving um, the love to Sasquatch coffee. And I know that you talk about monster X radio too. So. Oh, and Julie Ranch, like you said, Julie Ranch really, um, she's a lot more behind the scenes with Monster mm-hmm. Radio, but she's an intricate part of Monster Radio uh, and a researcher in her own right. And mm-hmm. she's fantastic. She's very intellectual, smart, grounded, scientific-minded. I got a lot of appreciation for, for Julie, and uh, she doesn't always get the recognition she deserves. But I'll tell we you what, you. I'm, I'm, yeah, we love you, Julie, and we're stoked to have you <laughs> aboard Monster Radio. You've really made the show uh, a better sure. thing for us, and we enjoy yeah. it, and uh, we enjoy your participation and having you as an equal partner in the show. Quite truly. Yep. No, and she she does a hell of a lot of work, and uh, no, it's uh, there, she came on and, and joined us. She's I'm not very good with time frames, so uh, and but she really gives us uh, kicks in the butt, which is, is something that uh, everybody needs. You know she's a, she is a uh, driving force behind Monster X. You know she gets on us to, to and, and 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 we have you know conversations outside these shows about what what, what the direction to show and 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 what mm, things we need yeah. to work on and and Julie has a lot of valuable input in into that. So yeah, thank you Julie for uh, for sticking with us and uh, being a part 
huge part of, of the Monster X. Um, we we like we can't overstate how much we appreciate you. Yeah, and she will be do uh, be uh, um, a guest host periodically. She's a busy girl, um, but she we'd love to have her do you know jump in um, when we're not available or when we're available, just have her jump in and co-host the show. She has a lot of input and thoughts and experience, so it's a pleasure having her involved with the show. Um, the IBC as a whole was fantastic. Uh, I hope everybody really makes an effort next year in 2018. Um, we got a lot of big things happening with Monster X Radio. We got a lot of big, big things happening with um, uh, the Land Project and Tillman Forest Group. We hope that that people next year will really make an effort to make it to the <clears throat> International Bigfoot Conference because Russell Accord really, uh, this year for me, um, nailed it. He had all his ducks in a row. It's hard putting on these conferences. I don't think people realize, you know, there's, it, yeah, it, it costs money. Oh, you don't a lot just of show up. You, oh, yeah. a lot of money involved <laughs> in this, especially the venue that Russell put on, which is the best venue I've ever seen uh, for a conference uh, for a lot of reasons. But he really got some of the best speakers. Uh, the format was fantastic. And uh, Russell is, is a guy that, you know, he's, he's uh, doing, not only is he putting the conference together, he's going out in the field doing some research with amazing people like Adam Davis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's, he's written books. We've, you know, we've had him on the show and look at our archives, but he's a guy that's very passionate about the subject. He's passionate about how, uh, helping out Bob Gimlin. Um, those guys have grown really close uh, over the last couple of years, and, uh, and I think he realizes the significance of Bob Gimlin. Because you know what? Here's the thing, you know, and I talked about this a little bit about with John Benderniggle, is that these guys that we have access to now, they're not always going to be here. And so let's get access to them now. Let's, let's uh, share their experiences, their work, and let's build upon that. And I think Russell's really done a great job in doing that, especially with Bob Gimlin. And I'm, I'm you know, proud to be associated with the International Bigfoot Conference. I hope to be a – whether I'm a speaker or an attendee, I will be there. And I hope down the road um, Russell, you know, will uh, – I hope Russell feels happy with what he did because it is uh, – it's truly a unique experience, especially the International Bigfoot Conference. And there's many good conferences. This one here holds a special piece of my heart. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I have talked to Russ uh, at length. Uh, about the conference and and the challenges and and uh, um, I consider Russ a friend. You know, we give each other a hard time, but uh, he he busts his butt to to uh, build this conference. And uh, we, we do want to give a shout out to you, Russ, for for uh, the hard work and Kelly um, for the hard work you guys put into um, putting this together. Because I know it it at the end of the day it it's. Uh, uh, not an easy thing to do and and we don't have uh, a lot of opportunities to get together in this kind of big group setting and and uh, and talk about the stuff that you know our favorite subject um and we appreciate the the opportunity i know that we got a by the way there is uh another conference coming up out here west uh i believe in november on the sasquatch summit out in uh ocean shores Johnny Manson yep. puts that on and uh, you can check that out. Uh, get on. I know that uh, uh, I'm planning on going, Shane, you going to that one? 
Yeah, I, I may be a speaker at that event. Uh, there may be a, uh, a change up of if you go on the website, they have speakers. I may be uh, filling a spot there that may drop mm-hmm. out. So I may be a speaker. I'm not making any promises. I don't know yet. I, I haven't spoken to Johnny Manson yet. Uh, another fantastic um, Bigfoot conference in a great area of Ocean Shores at the Qu- Quinault uh, Casino. Uh, I know many of our listeners probably have been there. It's fantastic. A lot of the same speakers at the International Big Conference will be there. And there, actually, this year there's going to be a lot of new ones. And so um, if you get a chance, um, it, and if I am a speaker, you will hear more about the nest and maybe some uh, things that weren't discussed. Well, definitely some things that weren't discussed at the International Bigfoot Conference because of time. And so, yeah, definitely check out the uh, Sasquatch Summit. It's I think it's the end of November. I believe it's the 21st or the 24th. I could be wrong. Somewhere around there. Perfect. Yeah, it's always around November. my birthday. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, perfect. Perfect, Gunner. Yeah. Uh, so right. you, yeah, be there or be somewhere. One, but uh, one of the other great conferences, uh, summits out there. And I, one of the the speakers at the IBC that that I failed to mention was Cliff. Um, I always like you know, Cliff. Just his presentations are always entertaining. He's, he's got a great sense of humor and, and incredible information. Um, we had the opportunity to, to uh, do the Bigfoot festival a few weeks ago with Cliff and we hosted his, the VIP sessions with Cliff and that was a lot of fun. And, uh, but you know, he's, he's always working out new presentations and, and weaving in the the latest information just like we don't know what's going to happen between now and and november with the the op nesting site um right so uh, i would definitely get to the the uh um sasquatch summit in november and and i i i'm excited i know i you know i have a little bit of in i i do talk to you outside of uh monster x and i do get some inside information but it's it's always fun to see it uh, disseminated to the public and people are eating it up. I mean, it's, it, it's a big deal. This, this nest site and, and the possibilities with uh, it actually being, you know, processed, vetted imp- the evidence actually being processed for DNA. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're about out before of time here. Kinda, so. Go ahead. We're about Go ahead, out of time, Shane. but I do, I do want to say uh, something real quick. Our thoughts and prayers are for those out in Houston, out in Texas that, uh, just went through a uh, oh, crazy yeah. hurricane. Uh, it, you know, um, and I got a reason for bringing this up other than the fact that uh, my heart is with you guys out in Houston. Um, we also, you know, you got this looming uh, uh, Irma hurricane uh, that may hit Florida or the Carolinas or who knows where it's going to end up. I, I hope that there's a drastic change in its direction and, and, and power. So our thoughts and prayers with you guys as well. The reason I bring this up is because somebody shared something in the Montrex group about the fires in Washington, Oregon, which are tremendous people. I mean, uh, I look yeah. out my, my, my front door, there's ash falling on my truck and my house, and the smoke is thick. Uh, in 2003, when I was living down in San Diego, my parents lost their house uh, during the Cedar Fire, and it was, it was uh, a week of hell, to be quite honest with you. And it was uh, very scary. I've never seen or been witness to anything like it. You know, trapped in a little town of Ramona for a week where, you know, you couldn't see the sun. Uh, so I have, I'm very well experienced with, with devastating fires. And so my thoughts are with those in Houston and, and whatnot. Um, you know, the question was, 
I think, real quick, I know we're ending on time here, but, you know, in the Portland area, Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon area, you know, has there been an influx of Bigfoot reports um, and, uh, you know, and whatnot because of the fires? Because the fires down in Portland, the area, you know, the gorge there up here in Washington, it's crazy. I mean, everywhere you turn, there's a fire, and the air quality is horrible um, and whatnot. You know, the influx, I haven't heard of an influx of, of Bigfoot sightings, but I'll tell you what, during the 2003 Cedar Fire, um, one of the things we got an influx of was, uh, especially around my parents' property, because everything was burned down. I used to go to Cuyamaca Mountains and, and camp and, and fish that area. The influx, you know, just like your house, you know, you have a fire in your house, you have your evacuation routes. Well, animals do the same thing. Do some get caught and, and trapped and, and unfortunately killed? Yes. But most animals have a uh, escape route, just like humans. And so one of the things I noticed in San Diego at the time was the influx of cougars sightings. And there was. Uh, my parents had seen them in areas where we've never seen cougar and deer, and there was an influx. And I would imagine if you pay attention to Squatch Metrics, Squatch Metrics, I talk about the, show, uh, talk about, uh, the site and the work that Squatch Metrics is doing. It's phenomenal. And he has heat sighting maps. Uh, cluster maps of uh, fires that have happened, you know, I think 2014, 2015, in areas where there were sightings. And then you get this influx of sightings in another area because basically not just Sasquatch, but animals are pushed out of this area because of resources and not being burned alive. And so, sure. um, yeah, I've not heard of any uh, uh, Bigfoot, you know, influx of Bigfoot sightings, but uh, this is, this is uh, you know, this is happening now. I expect, I honestly do expect, uh, and, and, and talking and collaborating with Squatch Metrics, the guy behind Squatch Metrics, um, that I expect, just like he, he noted in, if you go to Squatch Metrics on Facebook, you'll see he has a cluster map of uh, sightings occurring in other areas where they've not occurred and an influx in sightings. I expect that. I do. Not just with bears and cougar and everything else, but possibly with Sasquatch sightings. So pay attention to that uh, down the road. I want to talk about more. I want to talk more about this down the road on Monster Radio because um, I think it's another key data uh, point to talk about and mm-hmm. to show that just like known animals, bear and cougar, Sasquatch will do the same thing for obvious reasons. So I just want to throw that in there. And like I said before, my thoughts and prayers are with all involved with some of these devastating um, natural uh, occurrences. And, uh, and um, you know, and I have, I have given monetarily to some of these, these areas of devastation. I think it's important. I love Bigfoot and Sasquatch research, but I love man. I love the, you know, uh, and I want to help people out. It, it hurts me to see people in pain. And so, um, if you can give a little bit to some of these people in these other areas, if you have the money, do so. Do that before you ever you ever give money to a, a Sasquatch-related subject, because what's more important, quite honestly, we know. And so, right. uh, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about this down the road, Gunner. Yeah, I, unfortunately, the the fire sounds like it was it was man-made, of course and uh the fire in the gorge and um so if you're going to be out there and be in the woods when when it's tinder dry like it has been please use your head don't do stupid shit excuse my language but this i mean it just pisses me off that that somebody uh uh put other people at risk their homes at risk over you know and it sounds like up here was fireworks you know and they've been yeah, fireworks they've been saying don't you know? Be careful in the woods. Be careful in the woods. Don't don't use fireworks in the woods. And some idiot went out in the woods and 
and started a fire that is just devastating uh, uh, the beautiful, pristine woods of the, the gorge. Oh, and it, and uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, just so if you're going out there, don't use your head. I mean, that's that's all I can say is um, don't don't do something stupid. Hey, that, real quick, uh, yeah. I, I want to end. The, we yeah. got to end the show, but the 2003 <laughs> okay. Cedar Fire, the 2003 mm-hmm. Cedar Fire was started by a guy that got lost and he used a flare, and that flare right. came down and sparked a fire. Be, one of the things that the Lynn Project does, and I and, and I I will say time and time again, be prepared. This guy got lost in 2003 during the Cedar Fire and lit a flare off uh, miles away from my parents' house, and it was horrific. The devastation and the lives that were ruined. Be prepared when you go into the woods. If you're doing research, you're hiking, be prepared. And, and then definitely, you know, don't do something stupid like, like fireworks. The thing is about the Pacific Northwest, it makes it such a Kindle uh, sort of scenario, is we get tremendous amount of rain. Well, we've had an uh, extended period of dryness, and all that vegetation, and there's tremendous amounts of vegetation, becomes Kindle. And it takes very, very little, whether you're, 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 you have a, a fire that you don't put out using fireworks, or um, any other sort of scenario, you know, whether right. you're on a, a, a bike, you know, you're on a quad or something, and you spark off your muffler. Be careful, think things through, and please, yeah. because you're just destroying people's lives, animals' lives, and the natural beauty that we love to get into and 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 share. So please, please, be careful. Yeah. Well, Shane, I I want to I appreciate. Uh, you jumping on here with me today. Um, we're going to, uh, like I said, I hope that if you, uh, Shane is not using the Yeti mic, we still are trying to work out how we do both. Um, but if you uh, can notice the difference in the recording quality uh, on my end, please let us know. Give us a holler. Um, I, like I said, if there's anything that I've heard, uh, got feedback on that was, that's been negative about the show, it's been, Oh, your recording, you know, your recording quality is crap. Um, so we're working on that. And like I said, we're, we're using uh, the Yeti blue mics. So um, it's even themed. So again, for uh, Monster X Radio, this is Gunnar Monson along with Shane Corson. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll be back with another show um, shortly.